If you come back in here, I'm gonna hit you with so many rights, you're gonna beg for a left. from Comeuppance Reviews. Welcome to episode 40. And uh, we got Ty here. Hey, everyone. Wow, episode 40. Or wow. Might as well do. No one one ever gets tired of that. If they do, just tell me. (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll check the feedback. But we have a very special guest today. He's been on the show before, but not for a long time and too long in my uh, estimation, which is Mitch from the Video Vacuum. Hi, Mitch. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. How are you doing, buddy? I'm hanging in there, you know, watching a lot of movies, uh, you know, enjoying the uh, the the extra time to watch some movies, and uh, yeah, just keep on keeping on. Yeah, I mean, I, that's, that's good. probably the best usage of anybody's time if you have it. Watch movies. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been a crazy year, uh, year and a half for a lot of people, and you know, just. You know, it's it's the perfect escape. You don't have to leave your home. You just set aside two hours and change, and cook up some popcorn, and you know, and watch some uh, punch fighting movies. Oh, yeah. Now, well, now you're speaking our language. <laughs> Do you write down what you watch, or uh, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty obsessive about you know everything that I review. Pretty much is the stuff that I watch, and if. I watch like a uh, you know a, a repeat. I don't really log it, but I have a, a letterbox too that I keep track of. Yeah, now, I keep track also. I'm not on Letterbox, but I have kept track of all the movies I watch uh, for years. That's one of the reasons why I almost don't want to get a letterbox because it would take so long for me to start from scratch and log the thousands of movies I've seen. I'm well, on Letterbox. I just, I just yeah, started, go ahead. I'm sorry, but I, I just started. You know, whenever I started Letterbox, I didn't go back into the archives. Uh, you know, I, I've been pretty obsessive writing stuff down since uh, high school, probably. Yeah. Because uh, now we're, we're all old and <laughs> forgetting everything. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I, I missed my little joke I could have done at the outset, which was um, this is episode 40. This podcast is as old as I am. I don't know how that happened. But, um, I can't believe uh, about the 40 episodes. That's that's crazy. And there's a lot of there's a lot of action and <laughs> action related stuff to talk about, and this proves it. It proves that just our website was not enough. We had to go into the podcasting age, you know. Uh, I'm just happy you're back on, Mitch, because it's last yeah, time we talked here. was uh, Jean Claude Van Damme. I don't play, Mitch. I don't punk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been too long, and we yeah. after today we should really have you on again more recently yeah. than a year. You know? Yes. Okay, absolutely. I'm, I'm all for it because i know i was gonna mention this later but let's mention it now which is you know we do these video store memory episodes do you have like video store memories because we can do a whole other episode review oh absolutely i was a, a manager of one for about five years so oh okay we're gonna have you on <laughs> oh okay so we'll have you on for a video store memories episode yeah sounds good I okay but Can getting to the business at hand, unless yeah. you guys have something else you want to say, I mean, we could get into the normal segments that everyone loves and enjoys, oh, hopefully, sure. <laughs> uh, which is 
um, no one has written in. In fact, not only has no one written in to say they don't like the segments, but whenever we don't do one, people say, hey, where was it? So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have to do them. And um, so I guess the first one will be the cliche of the day. Okay. Not the action star. Okay, sure. I'll do, next, I'll do that second. Sure. Yeah, I'll do that second. So, you know, just for anyone who doesn't regularly listen, this is not meant to be negative. It's just something that's always in these action movies and it's something you want to see, you know, so it's, this is, you know, no negative connotation here. And so with today's, we're going back to basics to a certain extent. And, you know, it's not an elaborate thing. It's not, you know, something that niche. It's simply a bar fight, you know? So in, in almost any action movie you could think of, there's a bar fight. It almost seems incomplete without a bar fight. So today's cliche of the day is just pure and simple, the bar fight. Um, thoughts, anybody? Mitch? Well, um, yeah, I, I don't want to spoil any of my uh, of the, the picks that I have coming up later in the show, but one of my uh, top five Chuck Norris films has one of my favorite bar fights of all time in it, so... <laughs> Uh, that's a that's a really good segue, but I mean, I, I would say like the king of the the bar fight is Roadhouse because they took the bar fight and they made a whole movie around it. <laughs> that is a really that. really good observation, and I I'm not gonna guess it, but I think I know which Chuck movie you're talking about, but I won't spoil it. So it, when when you say it, and I think you're gonna say it, I'll I will put in my two cents, but I I have a guess as to which Chuck movie you're talking about. Awesome. Um, bar yeah. fights. Let's see. But there's so many. I mean, oh my. I mean, I was just thinking, just some of the movies we watched sort of recently, like Fast Gun and um, Oh, LA that, Wars. LA. Yeah. Oh my. There's so many. What? Um, or a nightclub fight. It doesn't necessarily have to be just a, a dive bar. It could be a nightclub. Yeah. Usually, um, uh, Steven Seagal like yells at some like Mongolians in a nightclub. You know? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, and then breaks their arm first, or fakes or like, kind of breaks their arm, and then he, his his stunt double does it. You know, I'm thinking of um, what was Evan Lurie, um, Dale Apollo Cook. It, there was a bar fight, uh, um, but there's some. I mean, boxer too. Oh yeah, it must have been. Yeah, and um, and you mentioned one earlier, Ty. Um, what was it? No, no, no. But before we were recording, um, oh, oh, a bar fight at the Chili Factory, the the Patriot, the Patriot with Leslie Nielsen. Yeah, do you see that one, Mitch? The Patriot. Uh the the Seagal one. No, no this is a no. different one from nineteen like eighty six. It has Leslie Nielsen in a serious role and uh, Greg, Henry. Greg Henry. Oh wow! No, I haven't seen that one. I mean, it's not like a movie you should rush out and watch, but it has definitely some moments and it has a memorable bar fight. Yeah. Well then, I, I think the the biker bar fight is probably like, you know, the preferred avenue. I think. I mean, you know, because then you, you know, inevitably somebody's getting thrown through the the, the front glass window. Or at least somebody's riding off in the, to the sunset on a motorcycle. You know, that's really a smart thing to say because it it seems like whenever there's a biker bar fight, it's like no holds barred like all the rules no pun intended uh the you know all the rules are out the window i mean it, it could be a total melee with smashing glasses and pool cues flying i mean it could be anything if a, if a, there's a biker bar fight you know, every, every bar fight has to have the scene where the the 
either the waitress or the the leading lady takes a, a bottle and smashes it over one of the <laughs> guy's head. Did you read my mind? That doesn't happen. I was just about to say that. You read my mind. Because I was like, because you can't do that in real life because you'd probably be, have a concussion. Or you, I mean, people could die if yeah. you hit someone over the head with a bottle or a glass. But in the movies, you know, just someone could go and it just yeah. breaks on your head and, you know. Um, it's all part of the fun, but yeah, it's true. Usually there is at least one unexpected person that gets in on the action. So, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of joys and, um, unexpected things that could happen in these bar fights. And, um, <laughs> funny if we had bar fights, well, I guess, can we go to bars now? I won't say why, but, um, <laughs> um why you but, want to get into a bar fight? No, no, because it's probably painful. You know, it's like you get a chair thrown at you and a beer bottle, and then you have to duck a lot. So oh yeah, a lot of ducking. Yeah. yeah. Um, really, I mean, they're they're you know kind of if you go back further, that they're they're directly tied to like the saloon brawls in the old western. Yeah. So it's just like a exactly of a of an old cliche. Yes, that's true. Yeah, instead of being, you know, thrown out of the saloon doors, they're just thrown out of like a plate glass window or the regular <laughs> door. Yeah. Usually, maybe Lamas does it or something in Snake Eater, or it used to be John Wayne. But I guess that's uh, right. No, John it's Wayne true. I mean, but that's what a lot of these action movies are. They're just updated westerns. I mean, there's almost no question about it. You know, there's like a the gunslinger that comes to town and doesn't talk that much and has to right some wrongs. I mean, that's. That's what happens in a lot of these action movies, especially from, you know, the 80s, early 90s era that we specialize in. Yeah, absolutely. And then they, you know, you trade the, you know, the duel with pistols to a duel with katanas or something at the end. Of, you know, it's all, it's the, the spirit's still there. Yeah. One, I just think that's very appealing to people. I think that's what people keep wanting to come back to. What the eighties and nineties action movies? Or well, just... yeah, no, but just that sort of archetype where. Oh, okay, yeah, I get that. Where that sort of hero comes and you know dispenses justice. Yeah. I, um, I think if there's something reassuring and comforting about it, especially maybe even in today's climate, you know, that there could be a hero that could fix things. I, I, I think that's very appealing. I guess we can jump right to the uh, action star, or should have sure. been an action star. Should have been an action star. Yeah. Well, yes. Do you want me to do the song? Or, sure, uh, go for it. Okay. Should have been an action star. <laughs> okay. And uh, okay. that's a very sensitive reading of that today, yeah. by the way. <laughs> I'll um, do more rockin' version next time. Okay. That was the well, the, the, <laughs> go ahead, Nick. So um, that was ballad. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was the ballad, exactly. And and who is it the ballad of? It's the ballad of Gene Wilder. Yes. So why didn't Gene Wilder do what we always say, which is grow some beard stubble, put on a black revenge outfit and dispense some more justice? You know, he could have a machine gun. He could, yeah. you know. Take down the drug dealers. Maybe, you know, our last drug dealer in the last episode was named Delgado. So maybe he comes back. There's like Delgado <laughs> and like. I can't think of the other drug dealer names. But, well, know, in Miami Vice, I think it was Calderon. So you could, it, was, it could always it be Calderon. Calderon. Oh, okay, Calderon. Yeah, so it's Calderon yeah. versus Gene Wilder. So, yeah. So. <laughs> um, missed opportunity. He has one of those uh, bandoliers, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, like bullets over across, both his, or yeah. across his chest. Yeah. Let's see what um, Mitch has to say. <laughs> yeah, so darker Gene Wilder, perhaps. You know. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, it, the character was pretty much there in Blazing Saddles. It's a, a humorous <laughs> version, but you know, you know, the 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 loner, drunken gunslinger. You know, he he pulled that off, and there, you know, there is, you know, there's dimensions that he brings to that role that I think nobody else really could have. I mean, it's just like watching him as Willy Wonka. I mean, there's like this demented side to him, and I think if he was yeah. unleashed, you know, I I think he That's could have done point. a good Charlie Bronson. Yeah, yeah that's great. another great point. Yeah, that's Welcome true. Back I mean, alleys. Well, remember yeah. Willy Wonka? No, go ahead, Brett. No, I was just going to oh, say, right. you know, um, a wilder unleashed. You no, know, let yeah. him, let him go wild. You know, yeah, exactly. Let him go wilder <laughs> than he ever did before. But in Willy Wonka, if you remember, uh, he's yelling at the you know, Charlie Buck. He's like, "You lose." Like, <laughs> yeah, you no, know, he has an angry side. Whatever happened to Slugworth? You know, that oh, could well. be this. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I'm question. Slugworth, Mitch. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, if you think about it, the kids were all dispatched in kind of like you know, you know, morbid ways. So I, I can see him doing like you know the Death Wish Five exploding soccer ball. <laughs> yes, that's kind right. of him, you know, with his uh, you know vengeance. I think I think it, he could pull it off. One uh, well, deadly Linguini. <laughs> yeah. Yes, the, the best. Some of the best villain deaths imaginable and and plus when gene wilder would have done this in our fantasy version he would have been older you know he probably would have been in his 70s at, you know at a minimum so uh you know he would be he'd have to get creative with his deaths and what if it was like that what if the plot of the movie was he's getting revenge in a similar way that he did to willy wonka right. you know where it's almost slasher-esque where they have ironic deaths that are and the characters are picked off one by one i can see this and then once he he can go up against calderon yeah <laughs> and then richard Pryor like could Cal- be the guy who supplies him with his weapons you know as oh, the machine gun joe yeah yes that's what we call him anyway the machine gun joe <laughs> character yeah what um yeah so yeah i could see that i could totally see that That'd be um, great. I can totally see. Uh, I think I said this for the Robin Leach action star from last time, but he has two machine guns. He's, he's <laughs> right, firing wildly, wildly, because you know if Michael Dudikoff and Steve James could team up in such movies as um, Avenging uh, Force, Avenging Force. How about Will, Willy Wonka? How about, <laughs> how about Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor, but in a serious context? Of course, I'm down with it. Yeah, they could pull that off. Yeah, it should have happened in the 80s. We perfect drive-in movie. Canon could produce it. Oh yeah, yeah. I could totally see that. Uh, trying to think of a good title, but it's hard. It's hard to think of these titles off. Uh, well, you got. How about um, Wilder Justice? <laughs> you want to use his name? <laughs> sure, why not? I don't know. I know we have what Blood Vengeance is the placeholder title for everything. <laughs> I mean, that's a placeholder for when we can't think of. Yeah, and the yeah, placeholder think. actor is Luke Goss. Yeah, well, in the modern era, era yeah. yeah. Um, all right, well, that went well. Yeah, so, okay. so, 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 let's talk about what we're here to talk about, which is Chuck Norris. Oh, now, I'm just suck it up. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's pretty surprising we've gotten. You know, it took till episode forty to talk about Chuck Norris because he's such a towering figure in the action world. Well, um, we actually waited for the Mitchster to do this if we mentioned it on uh, van damme so i made a mental note so it's like well, well, I'm note. <laughs> yeah we wanted to save this for you and also maybe it's good because 40 is kind of like a milestone kind of so why not do a good 
uh, you know, um, a worthy yeah. name like a Chuck Norris. Absolutely. So I guess we have our top five and some bottom five, and I guess we could start with you, Mitch. Uh, what is your number five? Uh, my number, number five best. Number five best, be. yeah, best. Yeah. Uh, number five best, I'm going to go with Delta Force. Oh, wow. very similar to us, I think. Yes, that and is my number I, four. And, and why I, it doesn't quite rank as high for me as uh, maybe some might rank it. It's because it, it does have kind of like one foot in like the 70s uh, disaster movie. Yes. Bro, right, of having all these guest stars and it kind of gets in the way of Chuck kicking ass. But <laughs> I mean, when you have, you know, you know, it, and I think Menachem Golan, he he doesn't get his due as a director. I think he did a really good job juggling all those aspects of the movie. And, you know, he was casting uh, Robert Forster, you know, in his movies before Tarantino made it chic. So, you know, it I, it has one of the best villain deaths of any Chuck movie. And I, it's kind of like a Venn diagram of, you, you know, Lee Marvin kind of passing the baton to Chuck Norris. And, you know, and, and it's kind of cool. They have this cool dynamic where I, I don't know if chemistry is the right word, but they like stay in each other's lane. And they allow the other guy to do his thing, and they don't get in the way of that. And it, it's it's just you know it it it's just it, it, one of the top canon movies of that era. So I mean it's rightfully in the top five. Yes, five. I would I definitely more. agree with that. But and I think your point about casting Lee Marvin is well taken because you know Chuck Norris was the hot new action star of the day. So yes, it was kind of like a transition from 70s action into 80s action. So for that reason alone, The Delta Force is an important movie. You know, it's um it's de- you know, it's an important movie for action fans to watch, preferably if they're just starting to watch action movies. And you got to um, love the cover because it's just both of them with the uh, rocket launcher or the bazooka. <laughs> How do you I mean, not want to watch that? Exactly. <laughs> Lee Marvin and Chuck Norris both holding bazookas. I mean, who wouldn't rent that in the video store? And, and the theme is great. It's so catchy. Do, 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 do. You hear it a lot. It's so catchy. It's like, is he going to make it to the plane? What plane? That's not, well, spoiler, I guess he makes it to the plane. No, we don't know. Or People are listening to this have probably heard the movie, or have probably seen the movie. And then you have Liam Neeson kind of hanging out in the background. I don't know if his part got cut out or something, but he always kind of is off in the corner somewhere scouring. And, you know, (laughs) I'm always good for early Liam Neeson sightings. I guess my only complaint with the movie would be that it's really long. I think it's over two hours. If they could have maybe edited it down, I think we'd be dealing with an all-time classic. But the length, it it is kind of ponderous at times. When it gets all cuts back to the plane of, you know, Robert Vaughn or Bob Vaughn. <laughs> yeah. The George Kennedy, and there's one more. Who am I thinking of? The woman. Uh, she's, uh, I can't it's, think of. Shelly Winters? Stella? Shelley oh. Winters? Yeah, oh, okay, Shelley, yes. I was going to say Stella Stevens, but yeah, Shelly Winters, yeah. <laughs> well, um, Shelly Winters had a machine gun like Chuck or something. <laughs> well, let's save that for a future episode. Okay. Should have been an action star. Um, Wait, did we mention anyway, Captain Hepburn? She's in On Golden Pond, right? She's, she's in that. Yeah, so we mentioned On Golden Pond all the time on this yeah. podcast. I've never seen the movie. I don't know why we keep bringing it up. Because this is kind of random in a way, but I mean, I was looking through this old tape and it had Captain Hepburn, like, I'm Captain Hepburn. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about Spencer Tracy. It's just, yeah. Oh, I forgot how your voice is mildly annoying. It's just, 
Um, <laughs> I think she's from Connecticut, or at least she lived in Connecticut. Oh, she and, did. Like, yeah, and um, I think mom, our mom, like, mom. yeah, wrote her uh, a letter, and she responded. Really? So I guess I'll stop making fun of Cassidy <laughs> for now. Yeah, because mom wrote her a letter that <laughs> that you can't make fun of her voice. That that tracks. Um, I'll make fun of it later. Okay, I'll have to do it off the air. I just think right. that she, I, I know she mentioned Captain Heaven all the time, but she needs to. She should have had a machine gun also. We mentioned that. You don't expect it, or a shotgun or something. Well, with the machine gun, the, that rat-a-tat voice probably. <laughs> <out, so. laughs> it blends in perfectly. You might not even notice it. I couldn't tell. I can't tell. Um, <laughs> all right. You get the um, old ladies like Expendables. You get Shelley Winters, Jane Fonda, and Catherine Hepburn. So oh, like, we, oh, Angie Dickinson, I Angie think would Dickinson. be good for that. Yeah. Oh, there's so many names we could go with for that. And they, you know, people always say, you know, these older women in Hollywood don't get the good roles. This would be a great role for for them. You know, I know, I know someone may have passed away, but <laughs> but it wasn't too late back then. <laughs> sure, that, that, that tracks. Uh, Mitch, was there more you wanted to say about Delta Force, or shall we move on? Well, I, I got a feeling it'll pop up on your other guys uh, on your guys' list, so you know I'll I'll let it uh, lie for right now. If I got anything oh. to add, I'll jump in later. Okay, sure. perfect. All right, Ty, what do you have for our number five? Missing in Action Three or Braddock. Missing in Action Three. So, now, this was the one where I was thinking there was a quality bar fight. Was this the one, Mitch, or was there another one? Uh, no, it's another one. Oh, okay. okay. All right, interesting. Yeah, because th- this is the infamous line where he says, I don't step on toes, I step on necks, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so that was in a bar, if I am not mistaken. And he has some great lines in oh, another movie that's number one. Which, uh, well, let's... let's so yeah. it's interesting because it's, yeah. it starts off kind of serious, and then it, then you get the classic explosions and the exploding huts. So it's like... So it's a quality chuck because I think Delta Force Two wasn't as good, and it was missing an action. But I mean, Missing Action Two was a little slow, so I think they must have had the up the ante. Yeah, I agree with that. I think they did streamline things a bit because you get these great dialogue moments, like the one I just mentioned, and there's some others. Um, and uh, so th- I think they upped the stakes in kind of the dialogue department, which you could almost say paved the way for those Chuck Norris jokes that came later, but. Um, yeah, but ignoring that, I do think it's it, it might be the most entertaining of the Missing in Action series, but I suppose that yes. is a debatable point. Well, I, I I will have to be contrarian on, on oh. this because it will turn up on the other list later. At, uh, I'll, I'll wait to, to, to air oh. my grievances with it. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> interesting. Um, but, you know, if we're, if we're going for the canon, you know, this is the the third one in a series, let's just go for broke and just throw any sort of, you know, seriousness or logic out the window, which is what I like. I think it works on that level, but I, I'm interested to hear your grievances. So we'll, we will get to that. Um, okay. Ty, was there more you want to say about Braddock or? Uh, no, this, this is I thought it was a quality Chuck, you know, I re I rewatched it a year ago. I was like, all right, this is pretty fun when you're like stuck in a quarantine. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, number four. Uh, what is your number four, Mitch? Uh, the original missing in action. Oh, oh okay. interesting. So uh, I mean, I, I think it's probably Chuck's probably best performance. 
um, mm-hmm. out of all of them. I mean, nobody can really pull off having a NEM flashback while watching Spider-Man and his amazing friends like Chuck does. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's always the scene I always remember. It's like, you know, he watches, like, you know, Spider-Man beating up somebody, and he just has this, like... I think it was in there because I, I think Canon was trying to make a Spider-Man movie, and that was kind of like their little nod, this, you know, but... You know, juxtaposing the, you know, him and Iceman fighting villains, you know, with, with the horrors of Vietnam. <laughs> I mean, that just tells you right there you were in for a quality movie. Wait, did you say Chuck disposing? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, this this one, like, uh, you know, and I pre before coming on. I watched a couple of these over and over again, and... Mm. You get like a sense. There's there's a lot of these Chuck movies where they they have like just too many characters, too many subplots. Uh, you know, it, it, it's like when you go back and watch, you know, some of these. It's like he doesn't show up to like 15 minutes in. You know, it's it, it and it's like man, why why can't we just have kind of like a streamlined, uh, you know, action movie? And I, I think missing in action kind of still has some of those little missteps, but I think Joe Zito is a good director when it comes to action. And I think he looked at those other Chuck movies and was like, we have to do something a little bit, you know, kind of more than what you're doing, you know, what you've been doing. And I I think he kind of upped the ante for the action and, you know, kind of just let Chuck kind of run wild. And he did the taking back Vietnam thing a year before Sly did it in Rambo. So, you know, you got to, you know, your hat to him for that. Um, yeah, no, I agree. And I do have a, another Chuck acting moment that rivals that perhaps, but it might be in somebody's uh, least favorite Chuck. So I will wait, but, um, uh, but that might even be a clue as to what it is. But, um, but um, yeah, no, I think that was well said. Um, ties or well, um, uh, missing an action. Yeah, I think that's a decent Chuck movie to start with in a way. If you want to start watching the Chuckster, you know, you start um, missing an action, then you go to uh, Invasion USA, which might be popping up. And uh, I, I remember enjoying. It. I had to rewatch that. We saw it a long time ago for the website. Uh, one, two, and three. So, um, I remember some of it. I can't. <laughs> you gave me some good memories from Mitch with uh, Spider-Man. So, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, you know, and uh, Joe Zito as a director will certainly be coming up later. Um, but but as far as his other action, let's not forget he also directed Red Scorpion with Dolph. Love that movie. And, yeah. So, um, and also I'm a fan of his horror work. So with you know, Prowler. Yeah, the Prowler and Blood Rage and Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter. Um, great, all great in their own way. Um, but that being said, uh, let's see, who's up? Ty? Well, my number four is the Delta Force. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, so we mentioned that, and we pretty much said everything we had to say. Um, we could jump to number three. Okay. Uh, Mitch? So, yeah. So number three contains the bar fight that I was uh, speaking oh, okay. of. It is uh, the, you know, the, the only movie I can think of that's basically Halloween meets walker texas ranger and that silent rage <laughs> okay oh. that, well it's funny that this is the bar fight you're talking about because this was also the acting moment that okay. i was talking about yes. which you know <laughs> spoiler for anyone that might not have seen silent rage fast forward to like 15 seconds when his partner dies the chuck's show of emotion is the most 
amazing thing you could imagine. It's it, he pretty much just looks to the side. I don't remember if it's the left or right, but he kind of just turns his head, and that's like his full like emotional outpouring for his so dead much, partner. So much emoting. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those movies that it shouldn't work because it's. I mean the 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 killer in the movie is kind of like a Frankenstein monster anyway, but it's like they Frankenstein the movie together. They have Halloween, they have your Chuck movie, they have the biker bar scene, they have the comic relief deputy. It really shouldn't work, but it it, it does, and it's just a fun movie. And I I think, you know, directing-wise, I think Michael Miller did a good job aping Halloween, because it was still relatively new. And, like, you know, now the POV stalker shots, I mean, they're all kind of, you know, blasé. But I think he did a good job aping that. And then you have, like, Ron Silver, Stephen First. You have a good supporting cast. Yeah. And and then it it's kind of funny because it's sort of like a Halloween clone, but at the end they do something. I don't want to spoil it. But the ending of Silent Rage, Halloween 4 kind of copies off that. Uh, mm. the, the whole well scene. So it's it's kind yeah. of you know it's like this Mobius strip of like inspiration. So and you know it it also has the greatest tagline of any movie ever. Science <laughs> created him. Now Chuck Norris destroy him. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's when you when your own name is not in the movie, it's your own name it has to destroy him. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, not his character's name. Chuck Norris has to, Mitch has, to has to destroy him. <laughs> I mean, that might be the first Chuck Norris, you know, joke of, of all time right there. It's, you know. That's a good point. <laughs> and also, it's just a great movie that's very emblematic of the 80s. It's like, okay, what's popular in the 80s? Slashers, action movies, you know, maybe to some extent in the video store biker movies. Why not just put them all together? That's like something like an adolescent, like a 13-year-old might come up with for a movie idea. And, which is fantastic. And then usually movie ideas like that don't ever come to fruition. It's like, yeah, wouldn't it be awesome if Chuck Norris fought a zombie or something, you know? Like, I, and this actually is pretty much that. So I give the movie huge points for actually doing it and not just talking about it. And the hero in the terror can almost be a sequel because it's another right. like yeah. lugging, you know, lug, you know, fighting Chuck <laughs> Who's Norris. Who's killing people off? Yeah, killing people off. Yeah, it's like, hmm, interesting. One of those uh, tropes that the Chuck movies later gravitate. You have that. You have Hellbound. It's kind of in that same, right. uh, you know, zone. So it's, it's it's interesting where you know when Chuck goes back to the well for uh, no no pun intended, but you know, right. when he <laughs> go back to the well for previous Chuck movies to recycle items from. It's always kind of interesting when they cho- choose this one. Yeah, I mean, a Hero and the Terror. First off, it is, uh, well, I don't know if we're going to be talking about this later, but I'll just say um, that's almost like Chuck's Phantom of the Opera, because most of it takes place in like a theater, right? And there's the, and, all, <laughs> and also, it probably has one of the most on the nose, blunt titles of any movie, because I think in the movie, they call it, the, the they call him the terror, the, yeah. the bad guy. So it's the hero and the terror. <laughs> it's like there's, okay, let's just call the movie exactly what's going on. But I think that's what kind of what, you know, what, what his fans demanded. You know, they, <laughs> they don't want to look at the back of the video box. They want to look at the front of the video box. <laughs> yeah, they don't. <laughs> yeah, you know, so yeah, no, 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 no,
<laughs> the hero right. and the terror. Like, well, that, I mean, that kind of goes back to Silent Rage also, because on the front of the box, it says Chuck Norris is the only one who can stop him. So what do you need to look at the back for? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like that. I like that theory. Oh, it's not even a theory. It's probably the truth. No Chuck fan looked at the back of the box. <laughs> you don't need to. He's, you know, that even goes back to... Um, the, um, not missing an episode. Oh, the Delta Force, where um, they're on the cover with their with their bazookas. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, well, you know what more Martin. is there to read about? You know, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah no reading is allowed. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is not necessary. No. But, um, but yeah, that is a good point. So, okay, so next, who's I next? Have number three, oh. I have Code of Silence. Okay, yeah. Now, so, what I would say about Code of Silence is that this is. And a much more earnest attempt to do a cop drama with Chuck. So it's it's not, you know, he's not fighting any supernatural monsters. He's not doing anything particularly over the top. It's more like you're, you know, like a influenced Chicago, by movies like The French Connection, Chicago, Chicago Cops, trying to do Chicago Cop things with Dennis Farina. And um, and I think it's very well handled and it's, it's very... Um, uh, not self-serious, but it's it's a more um, mature Chuck, you might say. So I think it's it's very well directed, well acted, good action, good plot, everything about this movie. Yeah, I think, you kind of you care. Yeah. yeah, you care. So yeah, I, I totally get why that's our number three. <laughs> For me, Chuck, uh, Code of Silence kind of falls somewhere in the middle. Like I I appreciate that. Uh, Chuck was trying to stretch his, you know, acting chops a little bit. And I think it's um, really kind of more of an, uh, an Andrew Davis movie more than a Chuck movie. I think mm, he was interesting. I, I think he would have much rather have, have had like a, an a lister in that role, but he was kind of, you know, not stuck having Chuck in there, but it, that's another one of those movies though where it has like a lot of extraneous characters and like a lot of moving parts and chuck's kind of a cog in that in that wheel and i mean it, it's it's probably in the middle of the road for me um mm. it's not one that i, I don't think is rewatchable but it, it's, it's certainly a well-made movie yeah i mean and, but that's you could say that about a lot of andrew davis movies he made like he makes I don't want to say workmanlike, but he makes good movies that are well directed. But yeah, they they don't really get your blood pumping too much. Well, then the Fugitive is a really good movie. I, I well, watched, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's almost there's a, a lot of rewatchability on that one. It's like it's well acted, well written. It's like oh, these characters. I know there's a lot of characters, but they all have funny or cool things to say, and they pack a lot into that one. So, well, and I was thinking recently, I watched A Perfect Murder. He directed that, oh, right? Yeah. So. So it's kind of like that. I mean, it's a good movie. It's very slick. It's very Hollywood, you know, and there's well, nothing at all wrong with it. But you don't go, wow, it's awesome, you know. Well, Chain Reaction is not a great movie. Um, and a <laughs> very mediocre Keanu, Andrew Davis movie. And and also he's a director with a slasher background because he directed The Final Terror. So um, um, It's interesting because he went from uh, working with Chuck Norris to working with Steven Seagal, which, you know, above the law and code of silence, they're kind of like, you know, peas in a pod. They're still kind of like Very similar. thematically similar, but, you know, you can see that, like, I think Davis is like, you know, gosh, I'm still stuck with these kind of karate <laughs> guys. When yeah. do I get a shot with Michael Douglas or uh, Harrison Ford, you know? Yeah, I totally see what you're saying. It's, it's 
And looking back now in retrospect, yes, yeah. that is very obvious. And yeah. They both have Henry Silva, uh, Code of Silence, and Which uh, is Love. Yeah. That, he was good in both of those as usual. So. Yeah. Now, anytime Henry Silva's on board, it's a it's a good thing. Well, what's that um, movie? Did you ever see The Hard Way? Or uh, it's in like 1989, Mitch. It's with uh, Miles O'Keefe and yeah, Henry no, Silva. It's a hard movie to find, so it's, it it's completely understandable. It might be on YouTube, but yeah, I know why you're where you're going with this time. No spoilers, but <laughs> no spoilers. You, you, if you like Henry Silva and Miles O'Keefe, yeah. and who doesn't, yeah. you should check it out. And yeah. something happens. It delivers the goods. <laughs> it delivers okay. the goods. Yeah. I'm um, dying to give it away, but it delivers the goods. <laughs> well, I would keep an eye out for it. Okay, so what's your... Um, we have number two. Now, what's your uh, second place, Mitch? Number two would be Return of the Dragon. Oh, oh surprising. Yeah. Okay. I did not expect that. Well, and, you know, it, it's not really a great movie because I watched it recently, and you, you forget about how half the movie is Bruce Lee trying to take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's... And it's it's a little jarring. It's like God, like I remember this being better than it was. But then when it gets to the the, the Coliseum fight, you're like, oh, this is what I remember because it's one of the greatest fights of all time. And I think Chuck really, you know, cemented his place as an icon, uh, you know, with this fight. And I mean, the only negative is when you start your career fighting Bruce Lee, yeah. it's all downhill from there. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. At the top. But that fight, I mean, that there's just uh, you know, it's it, it. You can see where Bruce looked at it, and kind of like was like, "I need to do this fight every fight," which is kind of I think what he wanted to do with Game of Death, but he never kind of fully realized it. You know, is to have like you know, you know, somebody like a Kareem Abdul Jabbar, somebody that mm-hmm. that would just be this like an, an equal to Bruce Lee, uh, you know, in kind of like this like you know larger than life setting. So I. I, I I have to, you know, I, I have, it's not the the best Bruce movie, but it's definitely one of the best Chuck movies. Interesting. Well, and also because if I remember right, the the fight just kind of plays out. You know what I mean? It it doesn't seem cut down that much. It's like the fight kind of just goes and it kind of plays out on its yeah, it's very own like terms. Yeah. 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 And like and yeah, yeah, they give yeah. each other time to kind of warm up, and you know, and it's. There, there's respect there too, and and that's what I was saying, kind of like with the the game of death analogy. It's it's like like let's make a fight that's larger than life, but there's this kind of like otherworldly kind of like feel to it because you got the, I mean, they're fighting at the Coliseum. There's like the whole gladiator kind of aspect to it ties into it too. I mean, so it's like you know, if that movie, if that fight was the whole movie, it would be you know amazing. But then, you know, you've got the stuff with him, like, with a bad case of IBS or something that kind of <laughs> brings it down. Um, <laughs> no, it's true. It makes, I think a lot of movies, especially at that time, they tried to in- include some silly humor. Yeah, I agree that it <laughs> didn't really help matters. But, you, yeah, I think if Bruce, ahead, yeah, I would say Bruce Lee had lived, yeah. I, I do agree that this is probably the direction he would go you know having like a kind of a long drawn out fight in a spectacular setting and letting the athleticism of the martial arts play out what about the bruce lee clones do you like oh i love the bruce lee clones (laughs) the the bruce exploitation movies i love i love (laughs) 
Bruce now, Lai. here's a question I don't get to ask people very often. Okay, go ahead. Who's your favorite Bruce Lee clone? I got to ask that one. question too. I, I I would say my like personal favorite would be uh, Bruce Lee, Bruce L. E. Yeah. Like <laughs> from from like a acting standpoint, because um, you know he was in pieces. Right. So, I was gonna say Bruce Lee would be my answer, but for the funny uh, name sweepstakes, I'd have to go with Bruce Ree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I think Bruce Lai made had the better filmography overall. But you know, I think Bruce Lai, like Challenge of the Tiger. I mean, yeah, it, you know, it's stuff one. like that. It's like, it, you know, but uh, well, I mean, Bruce Liang is pretty good too. You know, cause it, it's and some of them were just flashes in the pan, like like you know, Bruce Lowe and Bruce, uh, God, what, it was like Bruce Lai, Bruce L E. L E I I just say Bruce Lee and just I know okay. It's amazing that there were clones. You don't make like clones today. There's like no clones of like Bruce Willis or uh, you know Tom Cruise in a way. Well, he has his own clones. He has his fake shams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fake shams. Yeah. And Lake Phoenix, you know, like after River Phoenix died. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah exactly. Oh, Lake Phoenix and yeah, yeah. Lake Phoenix, uh, you know, Ocean Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, I do agree that Bruce Lay, because or yeah, I think it's Lay who has who um, had a, uh, the association with Dick Randall, so he was doing Challenge of the Tiger, and um, I don't know if he was ever in anything with Wang Wang, but um, if not, he should have been. Oh yeah. I mean, like I said, like like there's really kind of he really made like the down and dirty kind of really kooky ones, and I think Bruce Lai. I mean, he you know overall I think his movies were better, but I, I think Bruce Lai brought like just a little something quirkier more to the table. Yes, I agree, and that's why I would have to pick him. Now, Ty, or maybe Mitch might remember this. Wasn't the one in um, Chinatown Connection? Yeah, Bruce Lai. Yeah, that was Bruce Lai. Okay, yeah. yeah. And um, also Lee Majors the second. Yeah. <laughs> Lee Majors the second. Okay, so uh, <laughs> we could do a whole episode on that probably, but um, it was also MacIver Jones the third from what we called Provoked. <laughs> so we could just talk about people named second and third, you know, for a whole episode. Um, all right, so that was so that was an interesting number two. So yeah. not to not to go back to Bruce Lee's humor in the <laughs> yes. film. Um, so was, yeah, your two yeah, was, was yeah. <laughs> Return our two is the Hitman. Oh okay. Yeah, because it's just it's pure ridiculousness the whole time of his of his run one liners from talking like drop dead. <laughs> 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 like what is this disgusting stuff you're eating? Blech. <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's, like, it's like hummus. I don't like this stuff. Gross hummus of blech. Um. So. Yeah, that it, too. Oh yeah, then he teaches that little kid how to fight, and yeah, that um, was good. And he just, the hitman was Mitch? responsible for the best part of sidekicks is when Jonathan Brandis has that hitman influence dream or whatever, and he he's got matching mullets with Chuck. <laughs> I was gonna mention sidekicks a little bit later. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I know Ty, you have a certain thing with sidekicks that yeah, I'll you were gonna mention. To it. But yeah, and Hitman and Michael Parks is the bad guy, so oh yeah, that's a win right there. That is just perfect for the video store because I think when we used to work in a video store, 
there was a guy who loved the hitman this one customer he rented it like 15 times maybe more <laughs> really i don't remember yeah. this because you could check people's accounts and it's like oh what's this guy it's like he rented the hitman 25 times <laughs> <laughs> it's like at, at a certain point don't you just buy the movie like why do you keep renting it buying tapes back they were like 99.95 well that's true in canada so, <laughs> yeah uh, yeah all right that, that's a good point yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah i know ent- entertaining movie just pure action 90s entertainment yeah um, again and uh, something cool happens at the end and yeah well we uh, well people, most people have probably seen the hitman. I, know, like I don't know but mm, all right no spoilers if not we'll entice them everybody if you haven't seen it uh go check out the hitman because it's perfect for the video store. Like you, you, you stroll down the aisle in like 1994. It's like, oh, my new Chuck movie, The Hitman. I'm very interested in this. I'm gonna rent it. Well, yeah, I mean that's the perfect way to describe it because it's kind of like you know, it, his. I, I guess you couldn't really call it Second Life because the Second Life was like the 80s stuff. Uh, but it was like kind of like when the theatrical releases were really winding down for Chuck. That was kind of like the the anchor title for like the, the the video store of the video store era yeah so i agree with that's that a good point and i just i think there's some stuff on youtube which says like buy the hitman 50 buy five copies of the hitman get a new t-shirt and like, <laughs> your video store renters will love it it's like yeah i love those really i like pushing. those ads yeah. um all right well i think we're at our number one every time flies yes. by wow that was fast um. <laughs> so mitch what is your number one chuck well, I hate to repeat myself, okay. but if you saw, if you listen to me on uh, the, the the Van Dam uh, episode, you're gonna know what my number one Chuck is, and that's Expendables too. Ah, and, interesting. Well, that definitely dovetails with your Van Dam appearance. Exactly. I mean, it's it's you know the perfect marriage of. You know, if I can just digress for a second, like sure. the. I never understood like like on the well, I don't understand anything on the internet but there, <laughs> there's like this whole like fan base that claim to be action fans and they say oh I don't like the Expendables and like you're like why and they say because they they didn't die they they weren't expendable I'm like what <laughs> and like I think I they might be missing the point had this like wild bunch scenario going where they all die it's like no you don't want to see that it, it ha- <laughs> You want to see all your childhood heroes side by side, like blowing away the scum of the earth. Right. And and I, I, what I think is really cool what Stallone did. I know Simon West directed it, but let's face it, I think Stallone yeah. pretty much called the shots on this one. Why well, he wrote it? Stallone wrote the Arnold, Sly, and Bruce side by side, blowing up at everything. Now, he at the airport. Shot. Yeah. In, in that in that rogues gallery, in, in the uh, in in the big airport scene, and I, I think it, it it was a really cool gesture by Sly because I know they were kind of you know like you know well they were all sort of frenemies I should say like at, you know in the eighties, but I think I think it was really cool for him to kind of pick Chuck up and put him right in the Mount Rushmore of action. And yeah, he could have picked anybody else, but he picked Chuck. And I think I think Chuck answered the call. And they even call him, you know, Lone Wolf, you know, which is you <laughs> know, that, that that was beautiful too. And you know, it, I, he was clearly having the ball. And I think he even broke his the you know, PG thirteen only rule uh, for that. Uh, so he I, had I, to. I mean, 
you know, when I watch it, I mean, you know, it's you're just seeing your childhood in front of you, and they're just blowing away the scum of the universe, and all is right with the world. It's just I couldn't agree more. A sequence because you know, it's like it's like here it comes, like, and the they see the windows breaking, <laughs> and the glass breaking. Here it comes, and everyone just starts shooting everyone at the airport. Like, yes, it's beyond. You know, it was just a lot of epic in a way. It's like you wait for this all your life. <laughs> it was like, and yeah, it it's delivered. true. It wasn't like uh, you know, The Force Awakens, where it, it didn't deliver. It was it delivered. It was this, like, bam, right? You know, and what you knew you're in for a good time with Expendables too. Like when they are all driving in the vehicles, and like the vehicles have like their own <laughs> one-liners, like yeah. on them, like knock knock. Like <laughs> objects have one-liners in this movie. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> it it's so true. And then you you add that with an excellent Van Damme performance, really oh, one I, of his best. The I would say the best. And I'm still waiting for you know John Valon to have a a a, a good twin brother named Claude Perot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which <laughs> which could be a, a, a like a French sounding name, you know? Yeah, exactly. It, it writes itself. That's true. If one thing uh, Sly can do, it's write character names. Oh, like, yeah. The names he comes up with for his characters are just pure gold. That could be a whole episode. You know, you got Barney Ross. You know, you yeah, got well, John yeah. Volani. You, you Toll to Road and um, <laughs> Lee Christmas. Oh, and Yin Yang. And... Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's just great. And, and, and as we've said many times, the villain is named Villain. So, I mean, <laughs> you know... Possibly catering to the same type of mentality that doesn't want to read the back of the box. Um, it's it's in right the there in front one, of you. In the first one, I know I said this before, but you got Eric Roberts, Gary Daniels, and uh, what Stone Cold Steve Austin, Dolph Lundgren, all in the same scene in the first one. Yeah. Yes, I know. Because Mickey Rourke doesn't really share too many scenes with the rest. Minimal Mickey. Yeah. He's not even in the second one. What happened to him? What happened to Tool? <laughs> Well, I, I I think he he, he was like a, a long you know he has that like long monologue about right, I remember that know, and and I think it's beautiful but I think Sly was looking at it as like huh that's not why we're here but <laughs> you know and I think there might have been some friction but you know he's like yeah you could come back to two but no no more you know off the cuff monologues and Mickey's like well fuck that. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, I think at that point, you know, he wanted Mickey Rourke probably wanted to do like a wrestler kind of thing that was very introspective and serious. I don't think that was the same page as Sly at that time. You know, Mickey Rourke, I mean, his career now is not doing so high. He's in these kind of these garbage movies right now. Blunt force I, trauma. I just saw him in Girl and what? it was like him versus Bella Thorne. And he was the most normal I have ever seen him. Oh, wow. He was just like. I, I was I was shocked. I was like, this is acting. You know, he is just just like a regular dude in this movie. And I it, but it was very disappointing because I'm like, this movie is very ordinary to begin with. If anything, it, it needed a weird, quirky Mickey Rourke performance and mm. just like reciting his lines, enunciate. It, I don't know, man. It was. Hmm, interesting. Usually he makes these, you know, sillier things, you know, point blank. It's a very ridiculous movie by Mickey Rourke, if you have seen that recently or not. 
I mean, if he shows up with his poodles, that means the director <laughs> had no control over him. He's doing what the hell he wants. So, uh, you know, if you don't see the poodle, you know, or, or an iguana or something, <laughs> you know, you, you know, you're, you're, it's just going to be a run of the mill performance. Maybe he has like an ant farm or maybe like a you know, basket of roaches. Like, I mean, but yeah, no, you're, you're saying that he, if the director's not willing to put any checks on him, then there's going to be, you know, uh, I don't want to say hell to pay, but, you know, it'll, you know, it'll be an uncontrolled kind of situation, which might make for good viewing. Which is maybe right. almost a good segue into my number one uh, movie of Chuck is, is Chaos, which is Invasion USA. Oh, yeah. Man. Love Invasion USA. Yeah. Joe Zito. Chuck. Yeah. Um, I think Joe, this has to be the high point. I mean, I guess you could argue it, but I do think this is the high point of his directing. I mean, it is, this movie is so awesome. It's so perfect for the time. It's, it's great today. It's, it's not for one second boring. You're completely sucked into the movie. Um, it's the Chuck you want. It's the Richard Lynch you want. Um, there's always something awesome happening. The death toll, if someone has calculated this, probably more people die in this movie than than any movie. It's like this has an, an insane kill count. Um, they really went for broke with this. And for the, it's like a train off the tracks. It's just it's skidding out of control. So it's it's so much fun. And we had a chance to see it in the theater. Oh, wow. That was, that was great. They did like a Chuck night at our movie theater called The Criterion in New Haven, Connecticut. And it's like it was Invasion USA. It was that day, so we got to see. Yeah, it. they were doing like a series of Chuck movies over a number of days, and like we couldn't do the other ones for whatever reason. But we went to that one, and just ha- the one we had when we had the time to go, it just happened to be Invasion USA, and it was amazing. Because when Richard Very Lynch cool. blows yeah, up I, the, ha- oh, go ahead. I, I really enjoy it. I I I've seen it so many times on HBO in mm. pieces. Uh, you know, because it was always on HBO. You turn it on, and you know, uh, and I, I think when I finally like sat down to watch it start to finish, I, I remember the pieces being better than the, you know, the full. Mm. But at the same time, I mean, you know, you've got so, like you said, just some of the the, the carnage in that movie is just <laughs> unprecedented. And you know, yeah. when when people talk about like Christmas action movies, <laughs> like Die Hard and uh, Lethal Weapon, they don't bring up. Invasion USA, and they really yes, should. yeah, that's a great they're point. In the mall. They're in the mall shopping, you know, and Richard Lynch blows up that house, which I did not expect. And, and like, whoa, this could happen in real life. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, it's kind of like, you know, you know, before this, Joe Zito was known as like a slasher director. This is almost like if Red Dawn had been directed by a guy who previously had done slashers because you have like the red dawn element but also like a lot of people getting killed and uh yeah so it's kind of the perfect marriage of the two yeah i mean it's like you know you got a classroom of kids or you got chuck and yeah chuck's gonna (laughs) well i i'll let you do the line because it's your pick oh the the big line okay sure give me a second i'll get it ready (laughs) hopefully it's the right line we'll just (laughs) i'll hit you with so many rights you'll be begging for a left Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's up there with I don't step on toes, I step on necks, and, and the pantheon of Chuck classics. <laughs> I, I totally do a Chuck impression because it's, it's a little bit too difficult. So <laughs> just no, I get that. Up. I mean, he's a little kind of flat, you know. Yeah. And, I mean that in the nicest fine. possible way. So, you know. Um, 
So, yeah, there's that. Okay, so. Yeah. We have some honorable mentions. Or do you, oh, bottom, the bottom chucks. I forgot about that. Well, we can do the honorable <laughs> mentions if we, yeah. I only have one, which is, um, I kind of like two, but also sidekicks. Okay. I forget to mention that because I have more of a nostalgic, uh, you know, time with sidekicks. I saw it as a kid. It's like, I got I to gotta rent sidekicks, ma'am. You know? <laughs> so, is that, remember, is that sort of like you said you had a video store memory kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, that was it, because I remember we, I walked, or our family walked to Best Video. That's where uh, our video store was. And we, I, I got to rent sidekicks. It's like, and I was like, I love sidekicks. It was great. Because be, we all want to be Brandis. And we used to see it on the preview channel a lot, too. It was like, I got to rent sidekicks. And it came in a big plastic box, right? It did, yes. That, yeah. Do you have any honorable mentions, Mitch? Um, well, I, I, I think the big one for me that it, it was kind of bubbling under, but you know, I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't deny Delta Force. So, but it, the the one that I did just want to mention briefly was Lone Wolf McQuaid, because mm. it has probably my favorite Chuck scene of all times so when they bury him in his truck. Yeah. And then he awakens, pours beer all over his face, and then drives that son of a bitch out of the grave. Yeah, it's, we yes. see zombie humans all the time. We ain't never seen a zombie truck before. I mean, this is like, well, shit. And, and it's, it's a zombie truck with chalk, so that's just yeah. that much better. There you um, go. And, and you got Barbara Carrera, and you got yes. uh, David Carradine, and again like you were saying it's kind of like the the repurposed western clip but with you know in the old days they would have buried him you know maybe he would have his horse with yeah. his horse out yeah but like like i said i i couldn't do a a a proper you know retrospective on chuck without mentioning that scene yes no i agree cursor yeah. to walker yeah. texas ranger oh yes absolutely yeah and plus i think it's one of the coolest titles for a Chuck movie, Lone Wolf McQuaid. That's just a great name for a movie. Yeah. It's like they made the, they, they thought the title, then made up the character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can totally see and that. I, and that kind of like painted the picture of what we see Chuck is for years. Like we see him as a lone wolf <laughs> type of character. I mean, it's probably because of that movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah, so that's a good pick for like a bubbling under type of pick. And if we did a top 10, I'm sure obviously that would have made it in. Um, um, I mean, I might throw in Forced Vengeance as far as mm-hmm. a not quite in the top five, but, you know, not bad. I mean, he gets to do some cool stuff. And um, I think it's, you know, a pretty straight down the middle canon movie. I thought that was a decent movie. I mean, it's kind yeah, of it's eye decent. for an eye. You know, it's like, well, that was decent enough. To, like, I mean, a lot of Chuck's output is, like, decent. Like, it's good. You know, it's not bad. It's not awesome. But it's sort of, like, straight down the middle. Well, that's that's interesting you said that. Because when I was compiling my list, it seemed like from everything from, like, Breaker Breaker Mm -hmm. to, like, you know, Missing in Action was kind of just kind of, like, two, two, two and a half star movies. They were fine for what they were, but they, they, they didn't rise to the top or sink to the bottom. Yes, yes. And I do think if Chuck's career has a curse, it's that. It's that, you know, he didn't make like awful movies or great movies for the most part. He did a lot of these sort of, I don't want to say mediocre because that sounds mean, but a lot of kind of movies that are more plain, you know, that don't stand out in any way. I mean, except for the 
the ones we mentioned, which are, you know, I would think the top of the heap. But yeah, a lot of his movies are kind of straight down the line. I think some of that had to do with when you look at some of the, the directors he was working with, like Ted Post and uh, uh, James Fargo, the guys that did like Clint Eastwood movies in the 70s. And they were right. using and a lot of TV. And it didn't really yeah. fit Chuck. And I think yeah. It took a while for like like a Joseph Zito to kind of just say, no, no, we're going to blow shit up now. Yes, you know? yes. And and thank God that happened. Had, he, he was the one that kind of lit that fuse, but I think. Zito kind of pushed that forward. I think that's very well said. And yeah, like I said, Ted Post, you know, he did a lot of TV work. So I think he brought some of that TV kind of middle of the roadness to some of this Chuck work. Um, but um, yeah, okay, interesting. Do you have any other? Or, or, see, we, did, we didn't do a top five bottom, so maybe we could just through, run through yours really fast. Yeah, so what's, right your, what's your top or your bottom number five, Chuck? Uh, my number five, like I had a couple that could have been interchangeable because mm. it would give me something to talk about, like kind of Forest Warrior. Oh, um, right. I've never I've had seen a that. to see that. Which it's it's bad, but it's earnest. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's hard yes. in the right place, but it's basically a Disney Channel movie. Mm. But it does have a scene where Chuck Norris morphs into a bear. And <laughs> I always want to see so, that. <laughs> every movie should have that and uh, <laughs> really hate it you know what i mean and uh you know sidekicks was kind of bubbling under too but i like i could talk about why that movie works and why it doesn't because it's kind of i was kind of like not so much when it came out when you guys were watching it in the video store but watching it now where you see like a, kind of a troubled kid like Whenever he's like kind of wronged or something doesn't go his way, he immediately kind of resorts to this fantasy world where he grabs a gun. It's like it, it doesn't land the same way now yeah. as it did then, but it's yeah. still not. Like I said, I, I had trouble coming up with like the I could do the the bottom three, but uh, you, you know the the four and five were kind of interchangeable. So yeah, I understandable. On the president's man. Yeah. Because I well, know. yeah, we watched those not that long ago. Is that the one with Eddie Cibrian, or is that the yes. other one? Yes. And I actually had to look at my review and read some other reviews to remember what the hell happened. And it's basically it's a TV movie, mm. so I mean, like, so it's not doesn't have the same kind of kick as some of his other ones. No pun intended. But like the, you know, so I was like, well, that should be on the bottom five because if I can't remember, like, Sidekick stands out. Force Warrior stands out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that one doesn't. So mm. I, interesting. I that. Have you seen the sequel, A President's Man: A Line in the Sand? It is number three on my list. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it have Senator K. Bailey Hutchinson? Yeah, it's a real life senator. Yeah. 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 I, I couldn't tell you because I I can't remember <laughs> much from that one either. But I do remember like the whole beginning of it was like they got this other president's man and he didn't do the job, so they had to go. <laughs> Get, yeah, Judson uh, Mills. Chuck Norris back. I'm like, just cut that. Just <laughs> exposition that. Just get, get me to the Chuck and yeah. <laughs> you know, get going. That's a great way to put that. Just get me to the Chuck. Get me to the <laughs> Chuck on time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So the President's Man movies not uh, <laughs> not not tops in your eyes. No. Um, but then uh, four would have been Hellbound. 
Okay. Which, hmm. Again, kind of skates by on the the whole silent rage thing, the unstoppable killer, which we've already seen. But it's just one of those that has too many flashbacks. I also it's something like when I pregame some of these movies, like there's so many flashbacks in like that, the cutter. I mean, all the and it's like flashbacks to stuff that just happened, and it's like, you know, like it, it's just too many moving parts. And Chuck, you know, it takes a while while before chuck even gets on the scene then they saddle him with an annoying partner and yeah it it was just you know just just one of the lesser ones in my eyes and would you kind of put that in the same sort of peas in a pod sort of thing with uh firewalker see firewalker would be a little bit like you know kind of more middle of the road because it it's so dumb (laughs) <laughs> that it's it's memorable and enjoyable. Like when yeah. the eye patch starts switching eyes. And, yeah, and, that's... <laughs> and it's like they had to have known. They, I, I mean, I, there's a part of me that like you know Chuck and Louis Gossett Jr. looked at each other. They got on set and all right. Well, if the continuity people aren't saying anything, I ain't gonna say anything. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't on his left eye yesterday. It's like. <laughs> I mean, that's a part of the magic of canon. Like, most of the movies we've mentioned are are canon movies. Like, where would we be without canon? We wouldn't even be, have any of these movies to talk about. Of course. So, shout out to canon for giving us all this great Chuck well entertainment. material. Two on my worst list would have been uh, Braddock Missing in Action 3. Yeah. Interesting. Just yeah, definitely a difference like, of opinion here. Yeah. Again, it's one of those that's like, the whole first 10 minutes is, you know, Chuck thought his, his wife and kid died in Vietnam. Now it's this whole redo scenario. Oh, well, they re- she really didn't die. So now he's got to go back to Vietnam. And he gets, ca- gets the kid, gets captured again, except this time the kids <laughs> and the kids, you know, brought up, brought up. And I'm like, <laughs> like, I was like, you know, it, it does have that great line. And, but it, it was like the, you, you you know when a franchise is on the way out, it's what like they put the cute kid, yeah, we that. and, and that it's, it's kind of like that that third wheel. And even though, well, I guess that would be only two wheels, but <laughs> I, you know, it, it it's just like uh, like I don't know, man. I, like and that was the first Chuck movie I saw in the theater. I was all excited too, and I just sat there. I was like, mm. so hmm, I, even I back then, you were like happy with it. Yeah. It's interesting. Interesting. Um, all right, so number one worst. Number one would be the aptly titled Top Dog. Oh. <laughs> you know, like the, uh, the that movie does have a lot of issues. That I mean, it's like it's essentially like a a Disney movie, but with white supremacists. <laughs> yeah, that was unnecessary. <laughs> You know, and that's another one with all these like kind of just too many moving parts. There whole there's this whole thing with the dog, uh, the dog's former partner. I can't even believe I said that out loud. <laughs> the dog's former former partner gets killed. Yeah, and it's, the it's, dog's got to get revenge on yeah. the white supremacist <laughs> that killed his partner. So it's like we could have handled that with which is exposition. It's like 15 minutes before Chuck even shows up. It takes this a while. whole other adventure going on with with Benji and his. I don't know what, and then and then like the scene where like the dog is having flashbacks to his partner. Being yes, I remember that. that was funny. The dog <laughs> has like, the, flashbacks. 
the last time I, I remember a dog having flashbacks was in Hills Have Eyes 2, and it, it that's not a good sign. Yeah, no, I, if you didn't say that, I was going to say that. Like the, the only other movie I could think of that has that is Hills Have Eyes 2. Yeah, okay, interesting. Well, one thing I wanted to mention also is um, the movie Scorpion with Tani Tolliners. Yes. <laughs> yes, because, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, because on the cover of the box, once again, um, there's a quote from Chuck Norris saying Tiny Tolliners is the only person to have ever beaten him in a fight. Right. So that's when he gets his own movie. <laughs> I, I remember so that. Chuck... That was on one of the uh, the Crown International, I think, box sets that were $5 bins for a while there. I, I, I've seen it, but I, I can't remember. It's not very memorable of a movie. It's not that memorable. <laughs> It's mostly pretty boring. Mostly he has to like, he's mostly he pushing a headstone. Yeah, he's pushing a headstone most of the movie. Like wow. I can't. I don't know about that, but there are some scenes that maybe go on a bit too long if I'm trying to push a stone. But yeah. I think there's like a um, uh, an airline hijacking. Yeah, I'm not mistaken. He's just um, wearing like these short shorts. It's very ridiculous. <laughs> and the fact that his name was Tommy and not Tommy is kind of concerning. <laughs> It's like they spelled his name wrong when he was when he was birthed. It's just like wait, Tommy. Well, I think we were like, looking around for this movie and for years. I thought it was Tommy Toliner. It's like wait a minute, I, why can't I find this movie? Oh wait, because it's Tommy Toliner. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, that's what we couldn't find on IMDb forever. It's like wait, Tommy Toliner. It's Tommy Toliner. <laughs> yeah, Tommy Toliner. So no uh, podcast about Chuck Norris uh, would be complete without mentioning Tommy Toliner yes. <laughs> Scorpion, um, as everybody probably expected. Um, well, I think that's it for our list. It does. Um, so yeah, so um, do you have any uh, plugs, Mitch? To, oh, uh, I, absolutely. If yeah. uh, we just want to talk about more about Chuck, like the the, the lasting Chuck uh, legacy. Well, we can do that too. I mean, we didn't talk about his television work. Which, oh, it's right. Yes, you want to talk about Walker, Texas Ranger, or Sons of Thunder? <laughs> yeah, I mean. The, that that was kind of you know he kind of blazed a trail of kind of like having like a third act in television, you know he was always kind of you know that conservative kind of family values kind of persona and that kind of you know and and also I mean if it wasn't for um you know get, like that like we wouldn't have uh, Sammo hung with uh, martial law, you know you had, yeah. And like, I think that, like Nash Bridges and kind of like all these guys that around the same time had that kind of same kind of per, police the, procedural yeah, feel. The Sentinel, maybe. Right. Yeah. It, it, like, I, so I think he really kind of blazed the trail kind of for, for action stars or kind of fading stars to have that, that, that third life, that third act in, in television. Well, yeah. And then when you see how popular the show was, it showed that people wanted more Chuck. It's not like he was rejected by the populace. He was embraced uh, as Walker. It's perfect for Saturday Night on CBS, and I've seen every episode. So. <laughs> um, I'm not sure that's something to be proud of. But it's like <laughs> and also he blazed the trail for doing um, those infomercials with Christy Brinkley. Uh, yes. I think also Wesley Snipes, right? It's like, I, Was it the home gym? Yeah, some sort of home gym. Yeah, was it the total home gym? <laughs> I think so. Sounds right. Yeah. But yeah, like, yeah, insomnia, like in the early 00s, like he was always, 
you know, in your living room doing squats or something. <laughs> yeah, that, so he, he, yeah. You change the channel as the girl's gone wild one, and then you go back <laughs> to Chuck. <It's>, um, <laughs> well, maybe you did. No. Um, but what was I going to say? Uh, but yeah, one way or another, Chuck was on our screens throughout our lives, whether it be VHS, DVD, Walker, infomercials. He was there, you know. A mainstay. On the internet with, you know, the whole memes and the, you know, Chuck Norris is so tough, you know. You know, I, I, I mean, different he's to really those, kind really. of been in every facet of entertainment and pop culture, so. Yeah, that's true. And then there was a book that was made out of those memes or whatever, so it, it carries on. I think, you know, something about Chuck Norris captured the imagination of people. A lot of, the, the a lot of that might have to do with the mustache. Yeah. Um, and then the beard. Let's not forget he had the cartoon Karate Commandos. Of course, yes. Yeah, I have some of those toys. Do you have Chuck? Yeah, I think I do. Well, there, there were multiple iterations of Chuck. It's like Chuck in a blue outfit, Chuck in a this outfit, that outfit. I have one of them, uh, one of the Chucks. I mean, and one of the other characters. What's that, Mitch? Did you did you, did you say something? No, I just said I I had the the Chuck action figure at one point. I don't think I have it anymore, but yeah, no, that's trouble. understandable. Well, because at that time there's also the cartoon Rambo and the Forces of Freedom and GI Joe. So as kids, you know, we actually had the kid version of action back then. Mm-hmm. Well, I still have my Rambo figure, my Rocky figure, but Chuck, I, I guess, didn't make the great purge of '88 <laughs> or whenever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I had to buy it later in life myself. But there's always eBay, and you could probably pick no, one up if you wanted to. Um, I thought you got yeah. it in Toy Vault. In the... Did I? I don't remember. I thought maybe uh, you did. Uh, no, it's possible. Um, yeah, at the place and, in Connecticut uh, called the Toy Vault. Where you can buy, like, vintage toys. toys. Yeah. Um, so if you're ever in Waterford, I think that's where it is. Yeah. Um, uh, Connecticut, they stop on by. I mean, that, I haven't been there in years, and I have no association with them. But if you collect toys, that's a good place to go. Um, all right. Um, well, I guess, is there I anything guess, else that we want to say about Chuck? I'm I'm out of stuff. I'm out I of mean, Chuck. If we come up with another idea, we could probably devote another episode to him because he's such a yeah. powerful force and on in the action world well um, i mean i guess next time we'll have mitch on will be uh video store memories which i'm yes, definitely looking yes forward definitely to. and i guess we'll we'll segue that into your plugs this time <laughs> all right well um mitch lovell you can find me at uh my blog which is the video vacuum it's uh www dot blogspot.com and then i'm on twitter you can find me there at at video vacuum awesome that's great i also have uh written a couple of uh books on uh my latest one is uh the bloody book of horror which is all uh reviews on horror movies and you can uh just search mitch level on amazon and i've got i actually have one uh book it's the uh unexpendable guide to action movies Oh. And where I do it one chapter on everybody that's been in an expendable movie, and <laughs> Chuck is definitely among those. And there's a whole chapter on Chuck. Oh, that's, that's great! That's awesome. That's, well, that's I, I'm glad you're doing like I guess you'd call it physical media, like an actual book. It's, I think that's really commendable. Well, thank you. I mean, I it's you know when I grew up, I I I, I didn't really really grow up, but yeah, you know, as, as I was maturing, <laughs> uh, you know, like stuff like you know, even the Roger Ebert book, the uh, 
psychotronic video guy. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, and, I had that, and that was a mainstay for me, too. You know, that they were all kind of just, you know, staples of my... You know, we didn't have the internet back then. Like, if you wanted right. to know what the hell this weird movie was on Showtime at 1 in the morning, <laughs> you know, you had to think on the fly and go into your library and figure it out. So, I mean, it, it comes from that, but also, I, you know, with my books, I tried to give them, like, you know, bite-sized uh, chapters, maybe four reviews a chapter on a certain subject. So that's not overwhelming, and they can go to the next genre or subgenre or action star, like in the uh, Unexpendable book. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's perfect reading for, you know, when you only have a couple minutes here or there. I'm not saying, you know, you, every bathroom should have one, but <laughs> but it, that, that's, that's the kind of, you know, uh, attention span that I kind of geared it towards. It's just kind of, you can knock out a chapter in, you know, two or three minutes and go on to the next one. I think that sounds pretty good to me. Excellent. As far as us. Okay, so we have, uh, let me try to change it up today. Uh, Ty come up and on Twitter and then um, tie action rocks on Instagram. You have the website itself come up in reviews.net and then run Facebook with the same name. And Brett, you got the email. Oh, just if you want to email us, it's crpodcast at yahoo.com. And I guess uh, <clears throat> that's it. Well, thanks again for being yeah, on the Thanks show, very much. Yeah, Thank you. Guys. Fun. Hopefully, oh, it yeah, was a blast. Oh, great. <laughs> I guess, um, uh, that's great, and we'll we'll definitely definitely have you back for a video store memories episode yeah, very soon. So, Sounds I, great. I I can't wait to hear your your memories. <laughs> it's gonna be great. It's gonna be a blast. All right. Well, that's it. That's the end of the episode. Thank you to Chuck Norris, Tiny Tolliners, Mitch Lovell, um, and um, the dog from Top Dog. And uh, that's a, we out. We out, bro. <laughs> bye, bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you.